Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode after a month of silence. And uh, I have a good excuse, though. We've been in the studio recording our new record for the whole month since our last episode, which was the Sam Dunn episode. In fact, I'm recording this intro, intro here at Noble Street Studios. In about an hour... I'm going to lay down some vocals. So it's that exciting stage of making an album where the song is just about done and you can really hear the song for all it's worth. Like I do with every episode, I want to give a big sincere thank you to all the people who have left comments and ratings on iTunes. It really helps the podcast's profile. So thank you to Nemesis Legion, Rock Guy from Canada, Tony Bekovic, Matthew Painter, uh, Straight Edge Punk 336, Andrew Dwyer, Brandon Stack, and Adam Lewis for your kind reviews. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. We, I really mean it when when I when I thank you guys here. So, th- so uh, <clears throat> this episode is with uh, uh, Bron Daler of Mastodon. So this past Easter Sunday, with the help of our buddy Darren, I was able to secure a sit-down, loose podcast with the band. Nick and Nick and I, Nick Flanagan and I, headed down to the Sony Center for Performing Arts here in Toronto. Uh, it's a hoity-toity, soft-seater, extremely classy joint here in Toronto, where Mastodon, Opeth, and Ghost were set to play. Just as we were about to begin rolling tape, Nick stands up and says he has to leave, and he left leaving me alone with Mastodon drummer Bron Daler. Now, Bron is a totally super nice guy, as you'll hear, but I'm not used to doing these podcasts with guests on my own, and I basically wanted to strangle Nick, but that wouldn't be the right way to set the tone for the podcast in front of Bron, etc., etc. Still, I think the podcast turned out to be great, mainly because Bron was very accommodating to the ineptitude and technical blundering that was our podcast that day. There are several points during the podcast where Nick is thrown under the bus by Bran and I, uh, as you'll hear, and rightfully so, I believe. I haven't seen Nick since that day, but a barrage of hateful texts and rude emails have by now hit his inbox. So, screw Nick Flanagan. This is the official Danko Jones podcast, and it's starting. Can I rebut here for a second, please? So you decided to show up. Yeah, I'm here now. Now you invited me. Here. Well, Mastodon isn't here. Mastodon yeah, are at the studio. Mastodon. I really wanted to talk to Mastodon. I was very excited. We should tell the story of that entire weekend someday and all the bookings <laughs> that we tried. Well, let's talk about it now. <laughs> that the, the Mastodon, the Braun Daler uh, episode, this episode here, mm-hmm. is the last of a three-day kind of tour. Me and Nick went out of my place, which is where we usually record mm-hmm. the podcast, and out onto the road, which is pretty much different places in Toronto right. to get these uh, podcasts. Sam Dunn was one of them. Mm-hmm. We did one with Nate from Converge. Yeah. Uh, and, and I must mention here that Nate is mentioned in our discussion oh, on yeah. this episode, but because of the way we recorded that podcast, which was after Converge's sound check, right before Doors, et cetera, et cetera. We got about two to five minutes of usable footage. We got about, two, yeah, we got about, yeah, two or five. And it was mainly... Uh, your bands are cool. <laughs> That's the thing, right? Is so the Sam Dunn one, perfectly fine. Everything we did the Sam Dunn interview, it felt like we were on the beginning. It's like when you play the first show of a tour and it goes well, and you're like, "This is gonna be easy." We were pros. We were pros. Sam Dunn, no problem. He was great. I think 
Well, Nate was great too. Nate was great, and and uh, you know everybody was great. But it was but by the time we got to Nate, we realized we were crunched for time. Somebody was sound checking underneath the podcast as it was happening. Basically, yeah. I think it was uh, Burning Love. Yeah, a really loud band was uh, sound sound uh, checking. And, I almost and forgot the Chris Callahan, if you're if you're listening to this podcast, we've already invited you on. So yeah, you should come on the, the singer show of Burning Love, but. So and we had a half hour, and in that half hour, there was a lot of your great band mixed with just random Tourette's like swearing. And it really was in it was in the Converge dressing room, so you know people are coming in and out, fans, and other groupies. bands, crew, no so, groupies. So it was, yeah. Um, anyways, <laughs> but uh, so we kind of we kind of made this half-assed plan that we'll continue the podcast with Nate via Skype, and. Uh, Hopefully that'll that'll happen. I think it's a little full assed to be honest with you. No, it can happen. Yeah, it can happen. We did the last episode I did with Cassius Morris uh, from the Creatures of the Net podcast. That was done through Skype. So I'm 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 a big kind of Skype booster. <laughs> We're gonna try right to do now. a lot more Skype, folks. Because yeah. uh, people can't always come to the the abode, right? Not everybody can. Exactly. Like I don't think mast as much as I would welcome them in. I mean, I don't think you know Mastodon on tour, any band on tour, yeah. could really take time out. I was gonna do one with Eddie Spaghetti, uh -huh. and we, he couldn't just come over and then go back to the club. It would it would have been a a big to do. But three or four days before the whole big tour, I I realized in my kind of bad. Judaism that I it was Passover on Saturday. Yeah, thanks really, for the heads up on yeah, that, by the way. Yeah. And let's get back to the point. Mm -hmm. You could have told me a that it was you know I'm not Jewish, so I don't know huh. if it was Passover weekend. It was Good Friday. It was Easter yeah. weekend. Admittedly, it's a big religious a weekend. Very, admittedly, I'd come back from a very arduous eleven day shoot of the brand new second season of the web series Moderation Town. Check it out www.moderationtown.com You know, when I invited you on here to do this intro, I didn't really mean it for you to be a plug plug, plug away. But you should also check out my Twitter, The Flans. Recently changed the name. This was mainly to, like, give you shit. Um, also, nickflanagan.blogspot.com for uh, tour dates. Doing a show at the uh, Ottawa Explosion. So we're all set to do this podcast uh, with Mastodon, and Nick goes, oh, I might have family dinner right around the time that I had scheduled it I had texted or several emailed hours after the scheduled time Nick Nadley. I'd given him way heads up on this and he he tells me this like the day of in the usable time frame that we were in the po potential schedule I wanted to fucking strangle you dude you did and I appreciate that you didn't and plus we okay so fine so and Nick the fans a trooper. appreciate you didn't you'd have to go to jail and then there would be no new Danko Jones record and then what Okay, so we get to the Sony Center for Performing Arts. We set up the mics. The Mastodon guys and the Mastodon crew are so nice to us. Uh, they let us set up in this room. We're all set up. I got the mics going. I got to We're take a shower. And you get a text on your phone. You grab your phone. You get off your chair. Oh, you, yeah. your, your foot hits <laughs> a, a wire that's attached to my laptop, uh -huh. and the whole driver and the whole application gets fucked up and I have to keep rebooting. As I'm rebooting, who walks in the door? Braun. He walks in the door. Perfect timing as usual. It's Murphy's Law. And it's, uh... So I'm flustered. Right, which is your go-to... 
<laughs> attitude. Yeah, uh, for for any listeners out there, listen, listen, or if you haven't heard, listen to the Wade McNeil uh, <laughs> podcast if you want to know how I am flustered. But anyways, I'm flustered, and then I finally, hey, but I I pull it together, I get it together, right. and once I get it all through together, rage. through rage at me, mm-hmm. I think that that helped. And that really helped me uh, funnel my way through this, and then. Nick stands up right when I'm about to press play or record, and he goes, I got to go. Right. And then I leave, and I took all these donuts that were in the in the bowl. <laughs> Did you really? No, I didn't. You took their ride? I took some of their beer on the way out. <laughs> Later, guys. Oh, I can't believe you had Manischewitz in <laughs> the rider. I, I can bring this to the Passover Seder, which was delicious, by the way. Oh, I'm glad you had a nice Matzo dinner. Matzo ball soup, the fish. Um, Did you really have that a lot? Yeah, it's a big family dinner. It's a it, Passover is the event. I know it's the event. I understand. Yeah. I understand. I'm not shitting on anything about Passover. Well, I'm just that's shitting, great. You're on, not shitting on. I'm just shitting on you not telling me about this and giving me a heads up. I I would have liked to have done that, but my lack of religious knowledge bit me in the ass there, and I only had four days. I think it's your lack of planning. I've pl- I plan a lot of things. I'm sleeping on a couch right now. <laughs> we don't want to go through it. We don't want to get into that, do we? No. That's another podcast. Yeah. You would be the special guest <laughs> and the co-host for that one. If anyone would like to email me, if anyone has a uh, coupon. It's funny. Nick's, <laughs> Nick, live. here, this is a little sidebar here. Now now I'm okay. Now I'm okay with it because okay. I, you reminded me now that your personal life is in disarray. Everything's in tatters. But this is how I am. So Nick, Nick's, uh, we're texting back and forth about Nick coming down here to do this intro. Mm-hmm. And then Nick kind of spills the beans on his personal life, you know, things that are happening. And I basically go, oh, man, that's too bad. Okay, so the next podcast guests, who are we going to line up? Um, so that's basically... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you couldn't care. No, I did care. I, I sent you uh, sent you an email about it very or a nice. text it later nice. on after very I realized nice. what Every, I had done. Everything's fine. Don't worry about me, guys. I'm just keeping on, keeping on, soldiering on. Every, uh, please... They don't even... <laughs> listeners don't even know what's going on in your life. I don't really want to open it up. But okay. it has to do with... White ladies and the way they behave towards their partners. It has to do with women. Okay, so there we go. <laughs> White lady problems. Well, this is an interesting introduction. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I hope you all enjoyed the story of how I'm not on the podcast. And I feel like we probably should have. You know, been there's, a bunch of, there's a bunch of a bunch of people. Radio magic here. Yeah. But. There's a bunch of people who don't care about our band, who don't care about your comedy who are just Mastodon fans, and they're just, right now, they're going, just shut the fuck up. Why is up. this intro 37 minutes? Yeah. What is this person hinting at when he okay. says white woman problems? We will, we will heed your advice and shut the fuck up. The Danko Jones podcast starts now. We're here at the uh, Sony Center for Performing Arts in the, I guess, basement or dressing room. We're here with uh, Brand from Mastodon. Opeth is here tonight. Ghost is here. <clears throat> yep. And uh, how you doing, man? It's been a fucking crazy hour and a half, but we're, we're doing it now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm good. I'm good. I, uh, you know, I woke up this morning. That was good. Uh, I was chilling on the bus, but the bus is like a, uh, it's like a couple miles away. So uh, I woke up this morning, 
had to go to the bathroom really bad, and I couldn't uh, use the facilities, if you know what I'm saying, on the right. bus. Right, couldn't do a number two on the bus. Do a number two on the bus, so I went out of the bus and searching. There was a big parking lot with a bunch of people learning how to ride motorcycles, taking some kind of class over there. Yeah. And I saw they had this, like, porta potty thing set up over there near a near like a trailer. So I went over to use it, and I got reprimanded by the lady that runs the motorcycle school. She was like, who are you? I was like, uh, I'm a guy that has to go to the bathroom really bad. <laughs> I'm not a, a vagrant. I'm not a you know. I'm not a. I'm not a homeless person. I'm not uh, you know trying to mess up your your nice porta potty that you have set up over here. But uh, I really do need to use the bathroom. She was like, Well, th- that bathroom is for motorcycle school. Uh, you know, people who paid to use motorcycle school. I was like, Listen, I'll pay you a hundred dollars to use the bathroom right now. <laughs> I swear to God, I don't want to have to. Bag it on the bus. That's always not the most fun because then you have to like find a way to dispose of it. And so that's probably the, my favorite, th- one of my favorite things about tour. Yeah, in a sarcastic way. Well, yeah, uh, we were talking with Nate yesterday about the inability to go to the bathroom. It's the most it, for it's me. So it's the inhumane most, uh, thing about tour. Like you, you wake up and you have to go to the bathroom and you can't do it on the bus, so you have to like go searching for a, a spot. A lot of people don't know, listening, that you can't. You're only you're only allowed to piss on a on a tour bus. It, it might it might look uh, the the bus from the outside might look extravagant and glamorous, but on the inside, if you're touring, if you if someone on the bus does a number two, takes a shit on the bus, <clears throat> that smell's gonna last till whenever they clean the bus next in whatever town, and it's just you just can't fun. you just can't. The the driver doesn't want to clean it up, and neither do you. Yeah. Um, so. Taking a shit on the road is something that is, I've all, I've said this a lot of times. Um, I've mentioned it even. It's it's this, it's something that's not spoken of very often when people talk about, you know, being on the road and chicks and, oh man, we had like three encores last night. But did you take a good shit before you got on stage, man? It affects the <laughs> show. Yeah. Well, it's just the waking up part, you know. You uh, wake up, you have a cup of coffee and. You gotta, go. so you gotta go. So, yeah, but I used the the. She let me use it after after all. Uh, it was very nice. <laughs> it was that, a porta potty. I was like, "Are you kidding me? Come on, come on, lady." It affects my. You know, mood you give on somebody tour. a little bit of power. Oh yeah, and they just think they own the world. It it, it, it affects my mood. It it really determines whether or not I'm going to be a dick for the next three hours if I can't find anything. Oh my god. Or or, or once I. Once I take a shit and you go back into the dressing room or you go back to your crew and everything and or you, your people, um, I've they know I they know, it they know I you. yeah. There's a I have a there's different a, air about myself. Yeah, there's a round of applause. And, yeah, it's it's great. Uh, yesterday we did a, a podcast with Nate from Converge. You were there, good friend of mine. Yeah, they Love just that guy. passing through. He was saying that you guys were in the same. There's been a couple of cities on this tour already where they were kind of missing you, just missing you. Yeah. Uh, we've toured with Converge a number of times and known those guys for a very long time since, since uh, I was in my old band, uh, Today's, Today's the Day. Today. And, yeah. and, and we've been friends ever since then and, and just, uh, just awesome dudes. Uh, he, was, he was given, uh, funny we're talking about this subject, he was talking about that time, one of the craziest times he had to take a dump. <laughs> he was on tour and everybody had to share a cardboard box and go behind some sort of go in some area in some field or something behind in, in, in a cardboard box. All of them had to take a shit. So they were taking turns yeah. and then they re- he only realized when it was his turn that there was a, a train 
train tracks and there was a train that was stopped and everybody on the train could see them oh, taking a dump. Geez. That story topped everything. I mean, and I'm usually, I, I usually insist, and in, in some of the tricks of the trade, I mean, we all know if you hit a nightclub or, or you're at a, some club, everybody goes to the women's the women's room, yeah. Because, I mean, I don't know what it is about clubs, but they, they, uh, the men's room, the doors ripped off of the stall, the t- seats ripped off, the thing, it's broken, someone took a shit on the floor, you know what I mean? It's like fucking wild animals, you know yeah, what I mean? You, it's like, a, did a fucking bear come in here? It's fucking, what happens? Yeah. You know? I'm it's like, cleaner in the women's and the women's. You go in the women's room, it's pink, it smells like incense, you're yeah. like, wow, what's going on in here? It's, it's like some kind of bohemian uh, dream come true yeah. in here. What a, what a peaceful <laughs> place to get rid of your, you know... But what, but what I started thinking is, like, I'm starting to think everybody takes a shit in the women's washroom. Maybe I should go back to the men's washroom because that's now being, that's the unused washroom. Like, it's, it's gone full circle where I've just gone, maybe I should go back there because no one's in there. Never go back. Women are always just nicer and cleaner and, the, you know, they're never going to rip the door off and rip the toilet seat off. And, and to put your mind at ease, I'm sure, like, a bunch of like m- local motorcyclists in a, who are sharing a porta po- porta po- potty aren't doing a number two anyways. They probably did it, or they're going to do it at home. No one's yeah. going to do that if they're at home. So they're you're, not you're okay. That. They're not using that porta potty. I mean, I don't care. I do, man. I can. I, do I, that I don't care. I go. I've. I've I mean, the Ozfest porta potty at the end of the night, like six or seven p.m. Ozfest porta potty, hundred and ten degrees outside. Is that the worst? Oh, it's so brutal. It's just insane. You go in there, it's just there's a mountain. <laughs> just a mountain of shit. <laughs> like poking its head above the you're just like It's touching. You cloth. just gotta you just gotta like man up. You're just like, okay, I'm going in there. You know. You gotta touch it's touching cloth backwards. It's bad. It's going it's up not, the uh, not pleasant, but you know, hey. Whatever. Um anyways. Yeah, it's a weird <laughs> Weird way to start, but um, usually we have Flanagan here. All right, well, I'll bring the jokes if you. Um, we were we were we did a podcast with Sam Dunn two days ago. So the last three days, this is our last day of like, I know that being guy. on the road and podcasts. You were in Metal Evolution. He came over to my house. Oh yeah, yeah. He seems like a well. He was a great. It was a great podcast. We had yeah, a great he's a good, time. He's a good guy. Like and him. he's uh, we talked about metal for like an hour. Um, but, you know, first of all, I mean, I don't mean to talk about him because he's not here, but fucking Flanagan shows up. I'm, I'm not going to fucking wear the right shirt so I can get in with Sam, but I'm not going to show up in a bright yellow Bill Cosby sweater. Is this what that Flanagan had Nick, on? Yeah, Flanagan shows up in a bright yellow sweater. I think he was thumbing his nose at metal. Really? And you guys are from Atlanta. Yeah, we live down in Atlanta. I mean, I'm, I'm originally from Rochester, New York. Oh. And so is uh, Bill. How so. did that happen? So how did, how did that whole transplanting thing happen? Well, Bill's girlfriend, now wife, um, <clears throat> moved down to Atlanta to work at the CDC. So uh, after, after we left today's the day, we went back up. We came back up to Rochester 
for like a month or so, and, and he was like, I really want to go live with my girlfriend finally, you know what I mean, and, and start doing that, you know. Um, and she's got this apartment, and there's an extra bedroom in there, and if you want to move down, we should, we should go down there and start something new, you know. And I was like, hell yeah, that sounds good. I could use a break from the winters and, uh, you know, all that good stuff. So we, we, we packed up and moved down on uh, January 1st, 2000. Shit. And, uh, you know, a couple weeks later, I met Brent and Troy and wow, and then started jamming and got in our van and started touring. What I really uh, thought was interesting about you especially was your love, and I'm sure you've been asked this many times, but your love for Randy Rhodes. Being a drummer, it's kind of like me going, you know, I'm a huge Dave Lombardo fan or something. You could, not that I'm you not. could very well be. And not that I'm not, but it, it was interesting that you put it out there. Right. Like it's even on... Uh, Dresses yeah, up a, your 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 kit and everything. Yeah, I have a, I have a Randy Rhodes kit. Um, yeah, I've, I've kind of became obsessed with Randy Rhodes when I was uh, I think nine years old. Or like so. w- w- not Tommy Aldridge or something like that. Like no. Uh, yeah, I'm a frustrated guitar player. Okay, all right. <laughs> I always played drums, you know, and, and and I love drums and I love drummers and you know, but I'm not really that guy that's like just obsessed with drums and it's all I. Like I'm not, I, like, like, like I can't associate with another instrument, you know what I mean? Right. To me, uh, guitar is obviously more a little more musical, you know. So that's more what speaks to me. When it came uh, to Leviathan, songs and and guitar solos and the solos that he was playing, for some reason, at, not for some reason, but I mean, I know, uh, you know, when I, when I was a kid and and I listened to it, it just sort of resonated with me on a deep level. So I just really sort of fell in love with the guy, you know, and it was just right. and he. And there's that whole ro- romanticism of when someone died young, you know, and, and uh, there's just a, there's something to that as well, I think. Right. You know? And he died on my birthday. I found oh, that okay. out, so I was like, oh, there's this connection. Right. And, you know, so then I had you know, pictures of Randy on everywhere, and but uh, and I tried to play the guitar, and I, was, and I wasn't as good, you know, when you're a kid, like I wasn't as good as Randy Rose right off the bat right when I picked it up, so it, it was frustrating. Right. Know? But well, drums, there's always something I could actually do you know and i had already been doing it since i was you know three or four so oh because i'm kind of a frustrated drummer it's the only re- the only reason why i didn't end up taking up drums is because my mom didn't want the racket in the yeah you have to have, you gotta have cool parents that yeah are, that are okay with a, a an instrument with no volume control yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> and horrible drumming horrible playing Oh, for years and I can years. Imagine. It's like violin, like Awful. a kid learning Just violin. Like, what are they doing? It sounds like you're throwing a refrigerator down the stairs up there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so that that kind of makes more sense to me. And 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 you mentioned guitar playing, and that you're a frustrated guitarist. I had heard from the lore, you know, shit gets thrown around but um I'd heard that you wrote a lot of Leviathan just from like sounding it out. Is that true? Uh, I, was, I mean, I did my fair share, you know. I think Iron Tusk and Blood and Thunder, and uh, was it you like just in in like going like taping your have. your mouth? Yeah, yeah, your, your, like, like, yeah. It, I had like a, like one of those little dictaphones, you know. And I had yeah. a cassette tape in it, and yeah, and I would think of a riff and I'd just hum it in there, and then I would I would think up like a whole song, you know, and, and I'd string all the parts together, uh, and just hum the whole thing from start to finish, and then, and I could figure out so I could you know obviously. I'm 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 rhythm, rhythmically decent, you know, mm-hmm. and then uh, so I can I can go through a a simple, you know, uh, what do you call it? I can go through a simple power chord song, you know what I mean? So I can play Blood and Thunder, you know. Right. Uh, I could, which is know, what I think everybody I do that in soundcheck. I could butcher through. I could butcher it, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, but 
you know, I'd get to a certain part and be like, and then it should go like this, and I and I can't do it, and I'm like, so it goes, you know, wow, and then Bill would can play it. I'm telling where to put his fingers and stuff, you know. That's amazing. And then then they they play the guitar really well, so they make it a lot better than right what I had it at. So okay, so there is some truth to that. I'd heard. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, Crystal Skull and and. And uh, what do you call it? Wolf is Loose were written the same way, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> um, it's funny because I ended up. I thought I I was all under the impression that I was going to interview Brent for this Spanish magazine called Rock Zone, uh-huh. and then um, I come up with these very specific questions for him, and then last minute they said no, it was it was going to be with you. So I didn't have enough time. I don't know. You did the interview. Yeah, I yeah. But I, I, I didn't that. have enough time to kind of curtail the questions to you. So there would have been that rain. We would have, Yeah. this is basically what I would have, you know, what I would have <clears throat> yeah, asked okay. you all this stuff. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, so so I guess we, we're doing it again. We're doing it again. But one of the first times, well, the very first time that I actually made contact with you, with you guys was when you guys were on uh, Relapse. We had... A mutual friend who worked Vaughn, who worked in at Relapse, uh-huh. and she was at our show in Amsterdam. Yeah, and she was saying, uh, "I was." Uh, she was saying that, "Oh, I'm going to meet up with those guys. I think our tours were kind of near each other." And I said, "Well, tell them that, like, give them our albums and tell them that I'm a <laughs> big fan and I love those guys. It's awesome. Like, wow." And then, um, yeah, then we talked to you on the phone. Yeah, the and you yeah. blew my. Fucking mind. It yeah. was. It was. It, yeah, I think I got on the phone. With you. I was like, "If you wanna do it, do it right." Yeah, and you guys started. <laughs> I, one of you guys started playing it on guitar yeah, yeah, for yeah. sound check during your sound check. Yeah, that's right. And it fucking blew my mind that you, it was. You guys were playing "Lover Call," our song "Lover Call" yeah. sound check. I tell that story to every, anyone who will hear me. I, I'm like, <laughs> no, seriously. And uh, what, what ended up, I hung up the phone and I went to the dressing room. We were playing at the Milky Way in Amsterdam. That yeah, night. and I went to the dressing room like. Dudes, you will not believe what just fucking happened. We were playing our song. I was I was really blown away by it, and it awesome. was it was awesome. And it, it really made me think that I, I'm I'm a guy in a rock band, and I lean you know obviously I lean towards hard rock. But there is in my upbringing, I'm a metal kid. I'm a, I listen to metal, right. and I think we all kind of did. And knowing you guys are <clears throat> such heavy music fans, period. I know there's a big rock side, a hard rock side to you guys. When I listen to The Hunter and I listen to songs like Curl of the Burl, I go, well, fuck, man. Why don't they just, it would be awesome. You don't have to call it Mastodon, but I would fucking love what you guys could come up with if you just donned up, put on your rock hats. Yeah, I mean, we're sort of all over the place and we we listen to everything pretty much. You know? I know. Most musicians do, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. most musicians that I meet, you know, it's they're they're... You know, their iPod starts with ABBA and, you know, goes all the way through yeah. everything, you know. Um, <clears throat> so. As does mine, I think. Yeah, mine starts with ABBA. Yeah. ABBA Gold. But, uh. <laughs> Just the hits. I mean, come on. Of course, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, Dancing Queen, undeniable. But, uh, yeah, I mean. Play I think piano. we. Do, I think with the hunter, there is a lot of the rock hat that we that we put on. You know what I mean? Especially with. I mean, that track is definitely a, a standout, obvious to go to track. It's 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 high and en- high enough, and some of the tracks in the middle to the end are, 
these huge, like very epic-y, well, you guys have epic songs, but in a different, very dreamy almost. Yeah, yeah. Things opened up a little bit more on this one. It, it got a little simpler, which was good. We, we kind of needed that just because uh, where everybody was at, like personally, you know, people were having personal stuff go on in their lives, and, and we couldn't make the practice space be that, like, really stressful place that mm-hmm. we've, built, we've made before, like with Crack the Sky. It was like, it was just kind of a nightmare sometimes, you know. It was very really up and down, you know. Like we'd walk out of there, like, just kind of bummed out that it didn't, like, we were unable to merge these two parts, and we don't know what to do. And, right. and well, how's that part going to fit in here, and how are we going to do that? You know, it was kind of like... Uh, very stressful, so uh, we couldn't have it be like that this time. This time it had to be, like, that place to go there had to be, like, this fun place, you know, it had to be, like, you know, so Curl the Burl, we wrote it in, like, whereas in the past, like, that main riff, we would have been, we wouldn't have played it, you know, we would it would have been played, and then someone would, would say, well, we need to make it more difficult to play and then more difficult for people to enjoy. <laughs> That's our approach. <laughs> 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 That's great. Yeah, we I, want people to work for it, but uh, this time we we weren't we weren't like uh, able to to go there with a lot of it. You know what I mean? So we just kind of rolled with it and just sort of everything that you hear is real spur of the moment. And it sounds like you guys wrote "Curl of the Burl" in like fifteen minutes or something. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it, it, it does sound like that. The, the best songs I think that have the sweetest riffs are usually. The ones that you know, you could see the riff stands out. It really yeah. anchors the song. It's usually something that you didn't. It was just something Brent was tuning, and he didn't even realize that he was playing a riff. And I was like, "What's that?" He was like, "Nothing. I'm just tuning. It's not anything." I'm like, "Yeah, it was some, there was some yeah." So we started playing it. And it felt good, so we did it. Yeah, I love it. I love those moments, man. We're, yeah. we're uh, finished songwriting. We're just going in the studio next month. Oh, you are. Yeah. Cool. So we've been in that mode for the last six months. <clears throat> <clears throat> on and off, you know, yeah. take some time, but I'm excited to go back to that mode. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, you, Darren was telling me that this is like the third show of the tour or something. This but is number guys, four. Yeah, we've you, had you guys three been shows. on the road for the last four or five months now. Right? At least, say. yeah. I can't. I don't know when we started. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's been about it's about six months. I, I ran into Mike from Opeth in September, and they mm-hmm. were just actually ran into him at our hotel. Apparently, the hotel we were staying at in Stockholm they use for meetings or whatever. So they were down in the, down in the lobby and, uh, they were just about to go on tour and I did not envy him one bit, man. I was like, I just know that feeling when the album's about to come out, you're like looking at this, this huge colossal fucking mountain you have to climb and it's at the bottom and it's tough. I know. Yeah. We're in the, we're in the thick of it right now and I can just, I just can't even imagine. Um, <laughs> we're, that, we're about at to the start end of the that. summer. It's just going to be like, oh god, because we're, we're doing we're you know we're here and then we'll be in the states here for the next four and a half weeks and then we're home for like four like four days something like that, which oh, isn't it's like not enough time to do your laundry. You know what I mean? No. And then right back out the door over to Europe and and do all those like you know, it's great. It's big shows and everything, but. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a light year tough. for us, but we're still doing some Euro festivals. We might run into you guys. Yeah, but we're not doing that. We're not doing it heavily. We're doing Sweden Rock that, and a couple other festivals that yeah. are pretty big, but um, some of them are smaller. But 
just as good, yeah. you know, both kinds of things. We're there for six weeks. Yeah, who knows? We might run into you guys. I run into Darren all the time, uh, whether it's Yeah, like, he's, he's with everybody. He's with everybody. <laughs> I, I could, you know, there's been times where I have no idea, and then there he is. There like, he is. just there turns is. a corner. I'm like, fuck, dude. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'm looking for this guy. Could you tell me where he is? Right, right, perfect. right. Oh, okay. And then, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. we, like, just how he was doing it, you guys were talking about... Mark Marin and, and uh, Norm Macdonald before we got in. Yeah, Norm Macdonald is awesome. I love Norm Macdonald. I mean, I heard, I've heard the the episode you guys were talking about. Have you heard that one? Yeah, I did hear it. He's it's awesome. really good. The best the best Norm Macdonald appearance I ever saw was when he did the roast for uh, he did a roast for Bob Saget. The Bob Saget roast. Yeah, and he did he pulled out the uh, the retirement. Joke book. He like, played uh, to the back of the. His dad gave it to him. I remember hearing the podcast, but his dad gave it to him uh, when he kind of an, his dad. He announced to his family, or I don't know how his dad found out, but he probably told him, "Yeah, I'm doing stand up comedy," you know, stuff like that. So <laughs> his dad got, gave him this joke book, you know, <laughs> as a gift, you know. Yeah. Here, here you go. This will get you started. You know, these are, you know, it's like a a, a a a joke book with jokes for. You know, somebody leaving the somebody retiring like a retirement party, or something, right, right? Right, it's perfect like to roast your 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 buddy that's, yeah. that's leaving the job. But they're very antiquated jokes. You know, they're from like sixties or something. Yeah, you know, so, that yeah, that was genius. You know, but I thought like the reaction that he got from that, I just uh, I couldn't believe nobody got what he was doing. I love what, that. You know, I love like, that no one got he it. He was playing know? for the back of the room, and sometimes when we play. Like, I'll try it, like, the banter in between the songs. A lot of the times it's just for the fucking, the other band and the other crew and our crew, all this inside shit that yeah, nobody will get, and I just throw it out there, and yeah. it doesn't stick, but it's funny to us. Yeah, you know? so, so it's, if, it's worth it. I yeah. love it. I think it's like when the comedian's, like, playing to the back of the room. That's that's yeah. the term I've heard. And when I heard that term, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I do that a lot, too. And We uh, don't talk to the audience. No, I noticed that too. There, you actually, though, you did though in Toronto. I talk at the end. You guys were on tour in the the. You do. Yeah. Oh, you say bye. I say goodbye. Oh. Keep it real. <laughs> I don't know. I say, I say, hey, we love you, and you know, you're all very attractive people, and you know, just keep up the good work, and maybe we'll see you on the street somewhere, and uh, you know, maybe you, you guys could come over to my house sometime. We can have a barbecue. And then uh, and, I'll, and have a good night and good night. And then everyone, then you meet that one always like so. When when's the barbecue? <laughs> but uh, I remember this when you guys played in Toronto at the Phoenix. It was with the Bronx and Converge, and uh, I think I said hi to you guys before you went right before you were going on. Yeah, I remember that. And you guys were like, just, I think you you were just re- you guys were just ready to get, step on stage. Yeah. And then I remember going, oh my god, I'm like one of those guys. <laughs> okay, I'll get out of your way. Like, let me get out of here. Um, but then when you guys were on, I think Troy said, you know, he gave <clears throat> gave me a shout out. Yeah, and what he did because it's like, you know, like a lot of people, not the b- people in the bands, but the people who listen to the music, they identify with it to the point where, and they're not musicians necessarily. They identify it so much that they, they, there's no room for any other kind of music sometimes. And when he mentioned the, there was a collective, <gasps> yeah. Really? <laughs> I felt that. I felt that in the room. And then I was I was in the middle point of the room. 
at the end, when there was a lull right afterwards, I heard some guy go, he fucking sucks. He fucking sucks. <laughs> and I stand there with my buddy and just go, yeah, well, you know, yeah, it's, it's gotta, let's just deal with this. And then when it, it was over, I just just oh. quietly sunk away. But it was cool, man. I really dug this shout out. So thank you very much for that. Yeah. Um, Troy's good like that. Yeah. Fuck, shout out. Awesome. Uh, Still, I don't give a fuck who is saying that that I suck. I mean, he didn't get the fucking shout out. I did. So exactly. He can, go, he can go eat. He 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 might suck a little yeah, bit. Fuck that guy. It's possible that he sucks. And it happened what four years ago. I'm still fucking. You're thinking still about yeah. He wakes you up at night. <laughs> like, that fucking guy. That guy thinks I suck. I'll show him fucking sucks and yeah. try and play like <clears throat> something off Leviathan or um, or Rising Force. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, like uh, scalp frets, nothing. No, no. So in that sense, I do suck. No, no. Um, but dude, uh, I've, I think we, thank you so much, man. For, You're welcome. For uh, I don't know sitting in on the podcast. Uh, Nick's not here. He was though. He hung out with me for. He was for here a while, for a while. But, yeah. But uh, we also understood just being in touch with Darren that. There's all kinds of stuff happening that was out of his hands or out of your hands. Yeah, lots of union stuff here in Toronto. So uh, it's a fancy schmancy place. It's very fancy. There's a lot of soft seats. A lot of soft seats. Yeah. I wonder how it's going to. be I don't really like that. That's not my favorite. It isn't for you being on stage. No, because everyone just stands there and they're like. "Um." As an audience member who's gone to my fair share shows. Yeah. I don't mind sitting down and watching. I mean, I got to be honest with you. We're standing up and watching and just kind of. I mean, I'm that guy, too. I mean, I'm at the back of the room with a beer, like, hanging out, listening, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not, like, shoving people around. Not anymore. Not anymore, you know? I but, was... uh, but I like, that's the reaction that I'm used to, so that's what I like, you know? That's the way we've fashioned our yeah. tunes. Oh, I understand. Be, uh, as as uh, us, as well. Whenever yeah. we play and the I crowd see goes some nuts. some writhing and some jumping around, like, that's what Fucking it is. Fucking awesome. I love it. But, I love uh, it. But, so, seats is always very strange. yeah. So I mean, and no one can be in the aisle, and you got people like, hey, don't know. From my from my end, man, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> it probably sounds. I think it sounds really good out there too, and you know the sound system here is pretty amazing, and so it'll be good. Yeah, I remember when I was in the thick of things. Slayer came to Toronto, and they played uh, Massey Hall, which is a soft seat or two. Oh yeah, and I was in the front row. I was. They announced the show. The only reason why I got front row tickets was because I was the third person in line waiting till the till the ticket booth oh okay when they i was in high school yeah 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 and i saw it front row no one was in front of me so that was cool sweet and i had a blast but uh it would have been better if people were pushing and shoving me around yeah but yeah but it's gonna be fun tonight's gonna be awesome thanks a lot for doing the podcast with me and uh no problemo nick can I don't know. He can suck it today. He can suck it definitely. He can totally suck it fuck if he wants to. Him today. He's missing um, a vertebrae. Yeah. So he can suck it. Yeah. Oh. And <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know that about your friend? No. Uh, but that's it. I don't know how to wind this thing down. But then and then that'll be the end phrase. of it. Yeah. It's over. Bye. Bye. Bye.